Hello and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. Uh, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the early Marvel Phase 1 uh, movies. Um, <laughs> you know, live for the first time on Twitch. Before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the, first, the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? Well, on this podcast, we like to talk about games. But we also like to talk about movies. And we made a promise. We made a campaign promise in our 200th episode spectacular that we would talk about all of the Marvel movies. And, uh, and we said that, you know what, uh, we'll put that off until later. And now there's only two months left in 2020. So it's like, oh shit, we gotta get out of that. Yeah. We said we would do it by the end of the year, but we didn't specify which year. So yeah, technically. Yeah. Oh, that, you know, that's fair. Um, so we did, uh, we've also decided to, to like break them up. This is not an, a comprehensive MCU uh, podcast. We're, we're actually cutting, I guess technically into six parts at this point, right? Um, like for each of the phases, phase one, phase two, phase three, we're going to do the first half, second half so that we have enough like space and like room to talk about each of the different, uh, each of the different movies as we get a little bit later, right? Like we've obviously recorded casts about Captain Marvel and Avengers Infinity or that kind of stuff. Um, we might like reference some of those sorts of things, but, uh, but like we've actually never touched any of these early movies cause this all like predates the podcast by a whole bunch. I mean, Iron Man came out when we graduated high school, which is a, yeah thought yeah yeah no uh i i had i had an iron man one poster in my college dorm room um or not my dorm room in my college apartment but you know it was still close enough I, actually it's funny because i don't think i watched captain america um until it came out on netflix um like when we were in late college just because like you know I, I wasn't caring that much about this kind of stuff at that point um yeah, yeah no, so i the, absolutely remembered not caring that much about this stuff uh, but you remember really loving Iron Man. Um, and so the movies we're going to talk about uh, today are Iron Man 1, uh, The Incredible Hulk, which is the Ed Norton Hulk, and uh, Iron Man 2. Um, Chronologically, are the first these are the first three yeah. movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and uh, so so another thing that I did is I actually, do you remember a couple, like last year, maybe two years ago, I made a Letterboxd account? I actually rated all of the Marvel movies um, back then, so I I pulled those ratings because I because I'm I'm trying to like orient myself a little bit towards uh, like where where did I like what what is my benchmark here and then on revisiting some of these movies which I haven't watched in years right like I don't know if I've seen the Incredible Hulk in ten years right. Um, Coming back to it and sort of like like evaluating some of those uh, some of those thoughts. Did you do something like similar? So I I uh, I basically haven't watched any of these movies since I watched I watched all these movies once. So I just rewatched <laughs> them and uh, you know figured I'd I'd go with it and rely on my memories, but also just kind of like see what I thought. And one of the bigger things that I I uh, uh, I kind of came away from even. You know, like, Incredible Hulk doesn't have a lot of it, but it does have, you know, Tony showing up at the end. And like, the they kind of swelled to the first Avengers, because uh, just, just so everybody at home knows, I actually have watched the entire Phase 1, but he has not, or rewatched the entire Phase 1, but he has not yet. Um, but, like, just kind of, like, seeing it all swell up to the Avengers, I thought was really well done. Um, and I think you see, you start to see that in these in these first three movies. 
Um, okay, so let's let, let's get started. So Iron Man one very first MCU movie, honestly like a momentous thing. I actually think the most important movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe might be Iron Man one, just because not not out of a um, like uh, like oh it's the one that started it all, but I legitimately think that it was an inflection point in the way the like we as the public interfaced with superhero movies like i think about this all the time iron man one and the dark knight came out in the exact same year right but when i think of 2008 i think about iron man one as a you know like a whole different ballpark right like it feels like they came out five years apart right yeah um and when i think about where i was at the time all i could think about was the dark knight the dark knight came out and it was insane i saw it like 90 fucking times i saw both iron man and the incredible hulk in theaters but once each you know um and it was like not a like not a huge thing and i feel like people mis misunderstand that because like the mcu picked up all of this prominence over over time and built into that sort of like crescendo of the avengers and everything but realistically i think the dark knight was sort of the peak of the 2000s version of the superhero movie and and iron man was the beginning of what would end up being the 2010s version of the superhero movie which actually has like lasting ripple effects i would say like in time as we as we sort of like look at the greater genre uh like as as a whole the reason i feel like certain movies that we're not going to like get in depth with don't necessarily like hit in the same way is because they're kind of operating in a different like in a different framework if that makes sense it's like crazy to me how much i look back at iron man one and i can see the seeds of what would end up being right like marvel humor right or the way that these different movies are are sort of structured um and it's all because it's all there, kind of in the blueprint of Iron Man One. Yeah, and and you you've talked about this before, but I, I think I absolutely agree with you, and I think there's like, kind of like that moment of transition here too, because Iron Man One opens up with like an IED explosion, right? And it's pretty fucking brutal, right? And I think this is kind of like in transferring into the Marvel humor, right? Like this, that's kind of like the torch passing moment, right? Like you get that kind of dark edginess from, you know, that that you know also very kind of topical Iraq war, like reality kind of thing. But then you yeah. quickly move into the, into the Marvel humor thing. And I think that that kind of like kind of marks the transition, if that makes sense. It seems nuts to me how political Iron Man one was at the time. I, cause you don't, you don't remember any of that stuff, yeah. right? Like you remember, I don't know, Tony Stark flying through Los Angeles for the first time or doing that thing where, um, where like, he's like flight test one. And he like, shoots himself into a wall or whatever like those are the moments that make it but i think ultimately what it underlines is sort of a like a priority thing because so i rated on letterbox iron man two stars which for me is like my stars are favorite like i like it i don't like it. it's not a, it's not a rating of quality it's like a rating of preference um which is to say that i did i don't enjoy that movie right like i wouldn't necessarily like want to go back and rewatch it's not the worst thing ever that's one star right um three stars tends to be just kind of like forgettable whatever um but it's something that i i remember i didn't like iron man one really so much when it came out and i don't really like it today but i do see the magic and the magic is absolutely in robert downey jr his performance the kind of fun and games of the of the movie the other stuff the plot stuff the romantic subplot the you know like the villain stuff i feel like almost all of that can just be like tossed aside it's almost 
I don't want to say, like, Daredevil bad, but it's almost, like, bad. And the movie gets carried by just, like, how magnetic and awesome Robert Downey Jr. and just, like, is, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and I th- so so this is a thing that I also think happens with the other movies. Megan, we be- have a problem. I'm not audible on the stream. I just gotta... Oh, oh. Uh... Off, off screen, Rachel just said that I, I can't be heard on the stream. You might have to create Weird. a new audio input. That might be it. Interesting, which means you're also not being recorded on the uh, <laughs> on the sync track, which is great. Um, weird. How come... Well, the good news is all of oh, my I insights know what are being remained, you know, in in my audacity part of this. So I I know what happened earlier. I had an audio problem. Talk. Yes, I'm talking. Look at me go. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Okay, talking. you're 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 live. There we go. Sorry, listen, it's our first stream. Okay, we're we're fucking it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to hear what Buddy has been saying this entire time, listen to the audio recording. <laughs> um, okay, I am now getting the thumbs up off screen, which says okay. uh, that 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 we're back. Uh, yeah. So sorry, sorry about that, folks at home. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that was that that was a I. I like bumped my, I have an external sound card um, uh, for my headphones and I bumped it earlier and it reset the defaults on like my machine and I didn't account for that uh, which is <laughs> yeah a weird a weird thing but uh, it should be fixed now um, anyway um, the point I was going to bring up before before we, we fixed those technical difficulties um, is that uh, uh, sorry uh, lost my train of thought um is yes, um, is I think part of the re- things that works for Iron Man 1, but actually I think cuts against Hulk and Thor and Captain America, or maybe I think it's neutral for Captain America, is that you have kind of like two things happening in these movies, which is your superhero introduction and your, and then you have like the actual plot of the movie. And um, like, even like the movies in the set that I didn't like so much, I felt like they were still at least like they kept me in my seat because the pace has to be kind of frantic in order to get through all of that stuff, right? Like you have oh, to. Oh, I, I will go to bat and say that the Incredible Hulk. I think the plot of the Incredible Hulk is really good. Like, and if somebody were to sit, like, if I were to sit down and somebody was showing me like a beat for beat, like this is the this is the story, and then this happens, and then that happens, and we keep moving forward. There's really good stuff happening in there. Um, like, so for instance, I, I sorry, I took a bunch of notes. One of the things I noted is how clean the setup for the like the shitty factory worker is at the beginning, um, and then how that plays into the chase and like your first interaction with the Hulk and, like, the first time Blonsky, like, interacts with the Hulk, you just get so... That's, like, so much stuff. It's such potent story material. It's, like, in, in like, 10 or 15 minutes, right? Um, and the movie cuts out the entirety of, like, the, oh, here's the accident, here's how he got his superpowers, blah, 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 um, by just putting it all in the, in, like, the opening sort of, like, montage. And it's literally going, like, listen... Five years ago, you probably watched a Hulk movie. You've seen a bunch of these by now. Right. You understand. Here's an accident. Whatever. Bad stuff happened. Like, let's let's move on. And it's just like, that's like incredibly crisp and compact storytelling, I feel like. Um, that's yeah, just like really, really good. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny to think about how like that reflects forward into, um, into you know, we, we all talked about how, you know, media at large, I think we did it too, talked about how like Spider-Man... Um, homecoming or the, the the first the first mcu spider-man did a 
great job by kind of skipping over the origin story. And it's, it's interesting to think that that's, that was actually like, I guess, test piloted here. Cause, cause you're right. Like there's, there's not yeah. a lot of, like there's a lot of setup for Hulk since like the first part of the movie is him like in South America, like dealing with being not, you know, where he's supposed to be or whatever. Um, uh, and I still think that, that that takes a little while, like takes uh, a bit to go through, but, um, uh, I, 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 I agree with you that it's, that it's well done. And like, uh, you know, it's it, uh, that, that moment with like the, the person in the, in the factory felt kind of tropey to me, but it's not like it was, it was a huge problem, but, um, yeah, I definitely, I would agree with you that it's tropey, but w- the thing that I love about it is how compact it is, right? Is that like, because it's tropey, they can just show you a tiny little fragment of it and you kind of get it. And then it pays off later in the chase. Cause it's like, Oh, I ran into like okay, this yeah, other yeah. guy. I had bad. You know what I mean? It's the setting up and knocking down of dominoes um, that I think is like I don't know that I just think it's like cool and well done. Uh, plus, I also just sort of think that like there's a lot of neat low low level stuff, I guess, uh, that happens in that opening scene. That's just like really cool. Like the guy, the breathing instructor guy, doing that thing with his like the. <laughs> Diaphr- I can't. I can't do it because I don't yeah. have my shirt off and I'm not buff, right? But like, <laughs> just stuff like that, I think is like really, you know, like I don't know. It's just like very sweet, very, very uh, complex storytelling done like compactly and efficiently. That I'm just like, wow, really, like, good job. Iron Man One, it feels like has very little of this, right? Uh, in comparison, and the story is more or less basic. But the thing is, it creates all the room for the fun and games, right? And the fun and games is what gets you there. So, like, if I'm a screenwriting teacher or something, I probably return the script with the Iron Man 1 script, and I say, like, you're what is all this second act bullshit? Who cares about Tony's first flight? Who cares about the icing? Who cares about, like, all this other sort of, like, stuff? It's, like, super sloppy and very, and, like, very messy. And I think that stuff... I'm gonna push back. Well, on so there, I think that stuff the, the is de-icing moment is the same moment, right? Like it's the same thing. It's like it's just, it's it's the same type of setup, right? Like this is the thing that's obviously gonna get called back to. I think the weakness of Iron Man One is that isn't the thing that wins him the fight, right? Like there's still like another, like you know, five minutes of fight with Obadiah. Oh, I I mean I do appreciate that there's still another five minutes of fight with Obadiah, but I don't think I think the back half of Iron Man One sucks to be honest. There not the back half, the very final fight. Uh, there's like the bit on the freeway. That part is okay. And then I don't like the icing thing. I don't like the thing with the reactor. I just I really don't like the way. Oh, see, see, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you hard here because like, and I don't think it's super well done, but like the 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 kind of like a a thing that like I think makes these fights or like is kind of iconic about these types of fights, right? Is that the your opponent is uh, superior to you in in some way, and you win by being you know something like being better in some other way right like you you win you win because of the thing that makes like your opponent is better than you like by like raw superhero numbers but the thing that makes you you and makes you special is what makes you better right which is the de-icing thing in this case right and i think that that's i don't think it's super well executed i think this is actually a big flaw in the hulk fight scene because there's no real reason why like hulk should be abomination it's just kind of like they had a fight and like it happened hulk happened yeah, and then, to and then... Uh, yeah, Abomination just gives up after being, like, barely suffocated by that chain. I also agree that that part sucks. I like a lot of, I like a lot of the Hulk's fights, or the or the Hulk's action scenes. Um, the first part in, all that stuff in, in Brazil is great. 
the middle part where it's Hulk versus Blonsky and, and he has the Captain America serum, that part is probably the best it gets in the movie. And, uh, and then the middle part with Hulk in, or and then at the very end, where they're fighting in New York before they go to the helicopter crash right, or whatever, right, yeah, yeah. that part is all great. The helicopter crash is where it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think I'll agree with that. I think like you know, like the the, the Hulk gloves was it was a fun moment, um, you know, where he yeah. like breaks the cop car in half. Yeah, yeah. No, I, oh, I, I love that. That is the greatest thing. I will say two things about the helicopter scene that are great. One, the the like the stomp or whatever is sweet because that is a trademark Hulk move from the comics that I just you love to see it on screen. And then the thunderclap that he does to put out the fire. Trademark Hulk move from the comments. You love to see it on screen. But the chain stuff, all that stuff is all bad. And, and also, so, Blonsky just gives up for, like, no reason, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And, and that's, like, a classic moment where, like, you know, you, like... I, I, if, if, I were, if, if I were rewriting it, I'd, like, have a moment where, like, it, like, causes... Like, you, you, you do something to, like put like make him hurt himself somehow or something like you know you deal with his like overconfidence or something i don't know because like kind of like like the, the framing i would expect for this right is like blonsky's a professional soldier banner's a dork that got like the you know that has a green guy right like and so like you expect the, the betterness here is like he's got the captain america serum he's got the the effective hulk power and he's also a soldier right so he should be better at this than the hulk is right and then like I don't know. I, I guess there's not a good route to like, cause you don't have banner like taking back control now. Right. Like the classic way you would do this is like Hulk fights him to a standstill and then he pops back into banner and banner figures out a way to, to stop the abomination or something like that. Oh really? See, I, at, well, so interesting. I'm, th- this is, this is ha- like, you know, like this is me like spitballing. Right. But like, that's like kind of like how sure. I, I think you, you would do it. Right. Like, um, okay. I feel like that would kind of break the hulkness of it the thing i want from the hulk is sort of like the tenacity right like the hulk is willing to take all the punishment in the world and he he just keeps going and that's the thing that like that wins him the fight against the abomination this might put just because i know the comics and i'm kind of this this is a comics thing that i'm sort of cribbing from like the hulk versus abomination fights tend to be about like the abomination is like smarter and like tactical but because the hulk is literally fueled by just raw anger and like passion he kind of like gets to do that superhuman just like i will keep fighting even though i'm losing thing and it creates that like underdog sort of win thing there's a bit of that in this but like i don't know it's just like the chains choking i think really yeah no i I, I, that part that part sucks also i think though this is a moment that i had completely forgotten about but it's the reverse man of steel where betty tells him not to execute the abomination (laughs) where i was in that moment and i was like and i was like oh okay so the abomination dies but then betty is like no you gotta you don't do it and then he like does and i was just like that this is dumb but I don't know. Maybe I'm just like primed by Man of Steel to just think that, like, yes, executing this guy is correct. Yeah, I mean, but... well, so so Marvel doesn't have the problem it has, or that DC has, with like keeping its characters, like its villains, locked up. Apparently, at least not in the in the MCU, right? Like, because um, like the abom, like you know, there, you know, the abomination we're never like has never shown up again for what it's worth, right? Um, <laughs> That's true. Um, but uh. Uh, kind of kind of thinking over it more I, I think the way i would have because like that's supposed to also show that like the hulk isn't totally a monster right and so i think the way i would have rewritten it thinking about it a little bit more is like banner like sets up the thing 
and is like, well, I'm going to have to risk the big guy, like, knowing how to do this, right? It's, like, probably, like, sticking with a syringe, like, a syringe that, like, he makes from, like, the blood that um, he gets from, like, the the, the doctor, at the, you know, in the previous scene where, like, they suppress the uh, thing, uh, where they suppress the, the Hulk reaction, like, a couple scenes earlier. Like, that's how I guess I would have done it, right? Like, have Hulk I think to- how I would have wanted to do it is... Banner gives up complete control to the Hulk. Like, you know, like, the Abomination is kicking the shit out of Banner, right? Kicking the shit out of the Hulk. And he goes, like, this isn't the fight I wanted. I want you at full strength. You know what I mean? Like, like hit me. Give me everything you got kind of thing, right? And then maybe you have some sort of, I don't know, like, hallucination where, like, Banner and the Hulk talk to each other. Oh, yeah, like, fight in the mind Banner or whatever. does yeah. the thing where he's like, all right. I'm taking the reins off. I'm not going to fight the Hulk at all. I'm not going to try and hold him back at all, right? Like, this is me, Banner, letting loose, like, the monster. And then, like, the Hulk just, like, pounds the abomination into so, so, This is actually an interesting point. I'm surprised that we have, like, we have literally never gotten a kind of, like, you know, what is Battlefield of the Mind scene between the Hulk and Bruce Banner. Um, which yeah, is, like, I also weird. don't know what that's about. I mean, like, I have, uh, I, I, this might be a, a, a long-running thing that we will come back to over time when it comes to discussing, like, the Marvel movies, because, like, the Hulk changes quite a lot throughout his, his sort of, like, tenure in all of the, in all of the movies, so we might end up, like, revisiting some of this stuff. But yeah, I actually, so I really did like the Hulk. The thing that I forgot, the Hulk is one of those movies where I remembered it fondly, right? And I remembered it being better than it was. But actually sitting down and watching it, I was like, ah, oh boy, like, this Hulk versus Tanks stuff sucks. Get, like, get rid of this. Um, and, um, you know, like, all this stuff with Betty and, you know, Edward Norton, they just had, like, no chemistry. It wasn't snappy. Like, the, yeah, I, like, Edward, Edward Norton, I think, is fine. I think really the problem is, like, Liv Tyler isn't, isn't great. Yeah, um, also, like the like the like some of these scenes are like kind of weird, right? Because like you know, Betty, like you know, she goes to the pizzeria with with uh, the dad from Modern Family, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and like you know, he runs out the back, and she's and like you know, can't believe it, right? Like and you can't see him, right? And like he hides, and then like literally the next scene is her like catching up with, with him in the rain. Like it's like literally two seconds yeah. later. It's like why the why, right? Like like it, it feels like. It feels like there were some holes in here that, like, they meant to film things that, like, never happened, right? Like, it feels like there should be at least one scene between 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 those two things happening, right? Like, yep. um, very weird. Uh, oh, the, the other thing I love about the Hulk is Tim Blake Nelson as Sam Stearns, who is set up for, uh, you know, like, that, that is another Hulk villain called the Leader, um, who has, like, a big gamma, like, that's why you see his, like, brain pulse at the, yeah. at the you know, like, at his final thing. Uh, but I guess that's never going to pay off. But so anyway, it, it, uh, so it might apparently, apparently that gets addressed in like one of the shorts that gets bundled with DVD home releases, and I haven't seen any of them. But I'm going to try and hunt them down. Like apparently Black Widow wow. puts him in because I, I was thinking the same thing. Um, and I, I didn't. No way, but okay, see. fair enough. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Um, anyway, we've talked a lot about Iron Man and and and, uh, and Hulk. Where does where does like Iron Man two fit into this? I was going to say if we're going to talk about terrible ending fight scenes, there's Iron Man two. Like, oh, see, I actually do kind of like Iron Man two. I uh, so like see, I, I like okay. I like Iron Man two, but I don't like the fi- the final fight scene is just like such like s- such like nothing, especially especially the second fight with Mickey Rourke's character. Like it's literally nothing. It's like two seconds long. 
Uh, it's like, yeah, I think there is a problem. There is a lack of fight scene problem in Iron Man 2. There is the first fight with Whiplash, right, which kind of sets off the second act. Then you have the middle fight, which is Iron Man versus Rhodey, which is basically the best fight in the movie, right? But then, like, there needs to be... There's that whole back piece where he's, like, figuring out the new element or whatever. That part kind of drags, and I feel like there needs to be, like, a fight scene in there. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like Whiplash, like, has to do more than just show up at the beginning and show up at the end. It feels a little weird for him to show up at the end of Act 1 and then be this, like, bad guy for Act 3, even though we've seen him throughout the middle of the movie, right? Like, obviously the movie does a good job of, like, point A to point B, but just from an action storytelling standpoint, I feel like that movie is really missing an action scene in the back half of Act 2 that has Whiplash doing fucking stuff yeah I, I think maybe there's just like a little bit too much too too much going on again right like like because there's like three villains theoretically right like there's like Rhodey who's kind of like a kind of a half villain at least in the, in the middle part right and then there's sure. hammer yeah. and whiplash but like and like hammer and whiplash are like sometimes aligned and sometimes not and like you know i i, I think that that dynamic plays well but i think because basically tony's dealing with himself or i guess i guess the the real villain that's not Rhodes is, is tony right like tony's dealing with his, yeah. his like basically like suicidal kind of uh uh headway and like there's not enough room for that to work along with kind of like the competing um the competing villains of hammer and whiplash like working together but against each other in certain ways and i i think there's just like a little bit too like because like that's what the the um the the element stuff is right that's like tony defeating his 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 own, the villain that is himself in a, in a way. Yeah, see, um, I love all that stuff, and uh, and this is what I remember fondly in Iron Man two. I remember really enjoying Iron Man two, and I was really surprised when everybody like hated this movie. And it's because it has no fun. Like the fun in games is gone here. It's like uh, Incredible Hulk. There's no fun in games. Um, and so, but I like all that stuff in the middle. I like the stuff with his dad. You know, like oh, this yeah. is like legitimate character arc stuff, and I kind of feel like this is the stuff that that was like really missing out of Iron Man 1 to sort of, like, help carry that movie, like, for me. Even though I do think I kind of hate the, like, oh, I hid the element in, like, the pavilion design. I think that's, like, stupid on a plot level. Like, it's one of those things that's, like, I, and I hate being this guy because I'm so often not this guy. But it's, like, one of those, like, suspension of disbelief dumb things that you're just, like, that's dumb. Yeah, so I, I like... I could build for you a case that like goes through like, you know, like, well, he probably would have told him if he didn't get killed, you know, and you know, that was just like a marketing thing. But yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, think and I, he says the thing where he's like, I can't realize this in my time, but the technology of the future will get us there. Like for like, it, it makes sense. Right. But it is just sort of like on its face, sort of st- stupid like and not realistic and i know that that's dumb because the moment itself is good from a character and a thematic standpoint i just wish it was like actual if it was tony looking through his dad's notebook and like doing stuff with the plans and visualizing the plans in some sort of way that's like oh my dad was so close to cracking the case but i have the secret whatever and i figured it out instead of it just being that he encoded this element into the pavilion to the Stark Expo. It's just like that little bit. It's just like, what? yeah. No, I, I think I might agree with you in that. Like, you know, like even <laughs> if he like if Tony Stark or like Howard Stark had put in the uh, had put in the uh, in like in his journal, like like encode element in flat. You know, like you know, like kind of like called out that like you know, it was somewhere in like the scientific part of it that like led Tony to it, rather than Tony just being like, huh, that looks kind of weird, right? Like, um, 
with the thing. I, th- I think I think I can buy that. Um, I also want to raise a. I don't know. I I I dislike cute cute bullshit endings, which is something that happens in both Iron Man One and Iron Man Two, which are these. The, it's the it's like the icing moment. I hate that moment, and I hate the moment in Iron Man Two where they shoot the repulsor blasts into one another. I just like uh, I don't know if this really communicates or what I'm really trying to like actualize here, but like it just feels weird, and and it's gone now, right? Like yeah, I feel like in all of our in, in all of our like current iteration of superhero movies, Marvel movies, right? Like. Superman does not use cute bullshit to defeat Zod. He just defeats him. You know, like, even, like, um, I don't know, Infinity War, right? Like, they don't use cute bullshit to beat up Thanos. They just beat him up. And I just think that's more satisfying. I don't know how else to explain this, but besides both of those moments just feeling not, like, not stupid, but, like, very dated and just, like, almost, like, weirdly, like, insecure um, where it's just like, no, it is okay for your hero to just beat up the bad guy, and that's the end of the movie. He doesn't need to have some, like, you know, I don't know. So I, is, that, I, is that a good I, point or a bad point? So I will agree with you about Iron Man 2. I will disagree with you on about Iron Man 1 because the the, the thing I brought up earlier, right, which is, is essentially the, okay. model, the, the model for this is, like, you know, like, especially with the villains that they're all fighting, which is, like, you know, the hero through a mirror darkly, right? Like, um... Right, like the again, the thing that makes you special, or the thing that makes you more than just kind of the set of powers, is the thing that lets you beat the thing that's your dark reflection, right? And I think that works for the ice thing. I don't think it's the best way to do the ice thing, but I think the ice thing is at least kind of doing that. But this is kind of like you know, they randomly stumbled into it, I guess. Which... I, I actually I agree with you. I think if it was more forceful, like if it was Tony, like okay, imagine they're doing this thing. And Stain is like, I built this company from whatever. And Tony is like, you didn't build shit. All you did was move the money around. I'm the inventor. I do the tech. I created all these inventions. And just like you're in that, you know, suit and you think that you're just as good as me, like, you're not. I understand the suits. And then the icing moment happens. That's, I think that then it works. Because it's like a reflection of sort of like the mastery. But that subtext that I'm laying out, which I would say is not really that that never really comes up it's not like that's ever so I, I, between them but you could make the case that it's there right yeah i i, I think uh, I, I think, think, I think if it's framed sh- in that way i would like it better so I, I i i will agree with you that it's not the best executed but i think that is the intention right like like tony finds okay. this because he is like aggressively testing his suit right and like obadiah just pulls it off the assembly line right and like they put like more yep. guns on it and make it bigger um uh Rather than like having like the kind of the spark of genius that is that is Tony Stark, um, yeah, but, and it's funny because it reminds me a lot of man. I'm just never gonna let this go. It reminds me of the middle fight in Man of Steel, which I like that fight a lot. It's the small, it's the Smallville fight where Superman like fucks with their breather or whatever, and they like it all, and like Zod is getting all of the. You know, like, the whatever. it's like that. But the thing is, I think it works in that moment because it's in the middle of the movie and it is a setup for an escalation later, right? Because in the middle of the movie, Superman has to use the cheap trick to beat Zod. And then at the end of the movie, Zod shows up and he's like, I figured it out. I'm at full power, baby. Like, let's do this, right? And, and that also gets reflected. I've seen that in other, you know, like in other um, 
you know, like in other superhero movies and like other spots. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of Days of Future Past as an example of this. And I feel like that that is a better overall kind of like plot structure. And I'm kind of glad we got away from, I don't mm. know, like, yeah, this, I mean, this feels like, this feels like mid-2000s stuff. This is like, you know, I don't know, Spider-Man 2 era superhero movies stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the easy way to get away from this is you don't like we, we don't have a lot of like mirror fights in the uh, in, mm. in kind of like the later phases of the MCU, right? Like you know you don't have to rely on that particular trope because you don't have to beat someone who's you but slightly better. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's a, that is a huge thing. I feel like because like so for instance, I, you could make the case that like like Batman vs Superman has this in a way, but because because the, with the Kryptonite spear, right? But like because of the natural power differential between Batman and Superman. Like it's it doesn't feel weird and or cheesy or yeah, or yeah. anything like that, right? Like it's just a part of the flow. I think that there's something about it being like that it is suit versus suit in both instances in Iron Man One and in Iron Man Two that like kind of exacerbates this problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, also like I just don't think any of the villains are particularly great in Iron Man Two, right? Like I, I think Hammer's the best villain of the set, and he doesn't do a lot directly. Um, because like Whiplash is just kind of uh, like I kind of like that about him, yeah. Hmm? I I I think Sam Rockwell. I would love to see him come back, man. Oh, like yeah. he is the. I wrote this down. I was like, Justin Hammer arming the War Machine is an all time Marvel movie moment. That little like you know, like the part where he pulls out the bullet and he's like, I call it the X wipe, and he sniffs it like it's a cigar. You can't. That stuff is amazing. It's so good. Yeah. No. I, um. I, absolutely. And like, I also think that he would be a cool kind of like neutral character right like he just kind of like yeah. arms whoever and he doesn't give a shit really he's in it he's like totally in it for the money right like i think he could be like a good kind of like uh what's like deadpool ish type of character right like and you, you wouldn't necessarily like make the hammer movie but you might like have him show up at various points in time and do like you know like uh, what's the word like like uh you know just ham it up for the camera or whatever and, and be be hammer um, absolutely I would pay so much money for that the Justin Hammer movie give it to give it to me right? I mean, and there's there's an opportunity for it here right like you could you could see like you know um like him step in at some point and like do something because you know Tony's dead in in, in you know at, at the end of phase three spoilers for that's true yeah I guess I guess we should give a spoiler Fuck. warning for all these movies <laughs> yeah big big boy spoiler warning I guess <laughs> um but yeah uh, uh, but yeah, no, he, I think he's like, the, so part of the problem I have with Whiplash is that like, we don't have, like, we don't also like get like a good explanation for like why he's, like, I guess we get an explanation for why he's angry, but we like kind of get like a throwaway line from Samuel L. Jackson about like why he's actually still bad really, right? Like, it's not like, like Howard turned him over to like, what I assume is like the Huac for like being a Russian agent or whatever, but it's only because he was greedy and not because like, and like, you know, like, you know, he wanted it for money. So that, I, mean, I, love, thing, I love, yeah. Like I love whiplash and I think whiplash is great. I love Mickey Rourke in that part. Uh, I feel like he's a little underutilized in, in a mm. way. Um, but like the dark, refl- so there's two pieces that of whiplash that are great. One, the thing people, people 
almost remember Iron Man 2 in a different way than I do in a certain sense. The thing with the Defense Department meeting is sort of like hubris, right? Yeah. It is the hubris before Tony has shown up and that he is not special, that there are other scientists out there who are just as good as him. And this guy also makes an arc reactor in his, like, you know, Siberian hut or whatever, right? Uh, like, that, that core piece of who, like, Whiplash, like Ivan Vanko, is... Uh, I think is like really great, and it's and it, it complements the hammer stuff. Hammer is so they're they're sort of like two two sides of the same coin. Hammer is the he's like, like the wealth, the, like the he's, yeah, he's he, like the wealth. He's like the business. He's like he's the businessman dark version of Tony, and Vanko is the scientist dark version of Tony, sort of thing. Yeah, and that's what and that's what I love about Iron Man too. That's okay. what I think is so cool about buy that. kind of like working together. I just don't think... Although, um, I also... I don't think Whiplash gets enough definition for that to really shine, I guess. Yeah, I also think that I don't love his introduction. I remember, I really liked the the F1 scene years ago. I, I remember, I thought that was so cool. But I watched it today and I was like, yuck, this, is, this sucks. Like, the thing where fucking Happy hits him hits him with the car it's like no just give him the fucking suit and have them actually fight it out like yeah. I don't I didn't remember how unsatisfying that was that there's this whole action scene going on and it lasts you know seven minutes and only the final 90 seconds has like Iron Man versus uh, Whiplash action in it you know what I mean yeah 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 no I, I, I agree with you I know I also think that like I don't know. Maybe that's just supposed to be like showing that Tony isn't, you know, can't do everything by himself, right? Because like that's kind of the part there, right? Like Tony's probably boned if Happy doesn't happen, doesn't show up and slam into Whiplash at that moment, um, and it's not like painted for the screen as as uh, as kind of like um, as well as that, right? Like it's not like the camera tells you that super well, but I think maybe that's part of what's supposed to be there. But I don't know. Um, that's just yeah. Yeah, I just felt like I, rem- I I remember that action scene different in my head, right? Like I remember they show up, they give them the, the suitcase, and then you know they fight it out or whatever. Uh, but I like didn't remember. I was like, oh my god, what is the middle of this where he's like, and it's like played like an Abbott and Costello routine, right? Like where yeah. it's like hit him again, and everyone's yelling or whatever. And I was just like, what are we doing here? We were a se- like a second ago. We were slow motion framing Whiplash with like a bunch of cars exploding behind him. What a huge badass! And now we're doing this like Marx Brothers bit where we keep hitting him with the car. Mm. I was like, this is the Marvel movie. This is like the Marvel the Marvel humor problem in in kind of action. Yeah. What what else? Is, there's also like, is this this is also where Black Widow shows up, right? Like, mm-hmm. like not as Black Widow. Um, yeah, her thing at the end sucks. Uh, like her little fight scene. Um, I like I like the boxing moment where she like beats up Happy. Like I feel like this is the thing. It's like it's not about it's not about where the comic it's not or it's not about that there is comic relief. It's where it is right. The moment where like Happy's like lesson number one: don't take your thing off the opponent. She like does her crazy flip kick thing or whatever. Like that that stuff is fine. I think that that's where I think that that's where it works. But um, having that whole fight scene at the end. Where he's boxing the one guy and she's like beating everybody else. I hate that stuff. That's the stuff that drives me wild about about these movies because it's just like you're the 
I, I, it kills me with like the stakes of it or whatever. Ironically, Iron Man 1 does a really great job of this. Like, even if I think the Iron Man 1 ending is pretty doofy and bad and slow and weird and not paced right, it stick, it sticks the landing. You have the, you have the, the bad heart in Ho Tony, so you have his like, he's powering down or whatever. Um, you have this stuff with like, pepper or whatever is is there as kind of like a civilian to be like collateral damage everyone is playing that scene super you know like super straight uh in a certain sense that kind of like raised it in my you know in my viewpoint yeah do i have yeah yeah no i i i i i guess i agree with you for the for for the most part i i i, I like the end of iron man one better than you do um, I, I, so I will say I, I don't, I don't have a problem with the, uh, with the happy Black Widow scene in theory. I have a problem in that, like, it's a large part of that final fight scene, which is already anemic, right? Like, and I would rather trade that out for like, you know, uh, like more minutes of Whiplash and Tony and, uh, and War Machine fighting. Um, yep. Uh. Uh, so yeah. Oh, to be honest, I sort of think that the final fight in Iron Man Two shouldn't have had War Machine. I think this is how I would rewrite that movie. I would create a fourth fight scene where I was talking about in the second half of Act Two, where Whiplash is doing crazy badass Whiplash stuff, and they said War Machine to deal with it, and because he's you know half Stark, half Hammer bullshit, you know he gets he gets the shit kicked out of him, and then Iron Man shows up and one v one Whiplash and wins kind of thing. I feel like that might have uh, it's completely it's a complete rewrite, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't love the interaction. I, I like the banter. I think Don Cheadle is better than Terrence Howard, which also, by the way, blast from the past. Like you know, Terrence Howard as Rhodey in Iron Man One. Um, but uh, I had a tough time. Uh, I had a tough time with like that that final fight scene. I feel like also because he's like he's called Whiplash and he has the whips and he has the whips in the suit, but it's just like it's like too dark and you don't yeah. and you can't see what's happening and he doesn't even really use them until he like whips the two of them in the two different spots and then they're just all standing still. I, don't know, I hate that stuff. Yeah, and, and like I think I think it's just a uh, like I think it was just like a badly choreographed or maybe like, you know a badly put together fight scene. Um, and you know, like I think I think you could make the movie a lot better by just like making that scene better in kind of like ways that I can't really articulate super well, right? Like I, I think I think you've got an interesting idea there with, with that kind of rewrite, but I think if you just like made that fight scene better, a lot the movie comes together a lot better. And like maybe you have to turn fat somewhere yeah, else to I get to, to buy that. I do like the drones. I thought the drone stuff is pretty sweet. Uh like when they're all you know, like when they're all flying around. It's it's only like I don't know, that seems very like minor overall and doesn't really save it. I, the, I it's the same thing with like Incredible Hulk for me. Like I wrote down in my notes, I said the action is sometimes sweet, oftentimes not, which creates a frustrating feeling compared to something that sucks me in with its action, right? Um, and I think that that's true, right? Like when I get these flashes of like, oh, that's cool, right? Like this was a, this was a cool thing, um, paired with moments of not that, it actually sort of like brings the whole the whole thing down right whiplash whipping the cars in half and they fly up and explode that stuff is sweet that's great and then you have happy ramming in with the car and it's like ah man like this kind of sucks and it's the same sort of thing i feel like with the uh uh with the end i mean the the incredible hulk part was about the tanks because there's that moment where hulk is like simultaneously fighting soldiers and tanks 
that stuff all sucks. But then, like, Blonsky shows up, and it's Blonsky versus Hulk, and they're doing that 1v1, and I was like, oh, this is the good shit, right? This is what I want to see, sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and, and it's that, like, because there's, like, good action and bad action right next to each other, that, like, that's what, that's what frustrates me. Uh, I... <sighs> So, so something that stuck out at me that's like a, a little bit less directly about any of uh, any of the particular things is that like these movies also seem to be like very shy of like showing anybody getting hurt in any real way, which seemed kind of mm. odd to me, right? Like like even, like any any kind of civilian kind of interference, right? Like you know, um, no no nobody's shown getting hurt at all. Um, even and like the villains that do get hurt get like kind of just vaporized rather than like 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 oh like um. Obadiah Stone kind of gets vaporized by the, the power surge, but not like you know, it's not like you see you see any of that. Do you, like um, I can't remember. Do, do we do, we don't see any of that at all, kind of ever, right? Like like I guess this is like a Marvel trying to keep There's it in the PG thirteen kind of. Yeah, I I think that, but I also do think that the movies in general sort of I don't know. I'm kind of half and half about the civilian casualties. I like that. I, this is going to make me sound like a sociopath. I like that the Hulk and the Abomination fight it out on the streets of New York with all of these civilians sure, running sure. around, right? Um, I feel like this, this... I don't think this was a talking point before Man of Steel, like, where it became, like, a thing. Like, oh, you can't have, you know, whatever, civilians doing doing stuff in your movie, or, like, like getting like getting hurt like this in your movies. But I think it just ups the stakes and the, and the tension in the drama, right? Like... Abomination is clearly just going to keep wrecking house through New York City until somebody stops him. You have to stop him, and if that happens without civilians, it sort of it sort of sucks. Uh, this is also what I like about the end of Iron Man One in the freeway stuff, right? Like he go they go onto the freeway. There's the car or whatever. We're like and, and you know um, he gets hit through that bus. Like a bunch of people got had to have died there but i think all that stuff just raises the stakes makes it more tense gives it more sort of like drama rather than these like i don't know like dbz level fights where there's just nobody around this is part of what sucks it. i mean iron man 2 has some of this in this fight scene I guess. no 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 yeah, so, so, but... so i'm 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 not so the thing i'm highlighting here is that like you like you know even though there's a lot of it implied we, we never see it right like it's never kind of like you know you don't, oh okay yeah you don't even, you don't like there's a lot of blood in iron man 1 with the afghani guy oh yeah you're right you're right you're absolutely right scene. about that yeah that was super direct but that's yeah. it um Huh. Weird. Listen, it's okay, I guess, if they're Middle Eastern civilians. Like, well, they're not civilians. They're enemy combatants, right? Like That's fair. They, they are enemy they, combatants. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised. I remember this, but I was a little surprised in retrospect at how cold-blooded Tony was willing to just ice these people, right? Like, there's the part where there's all these guys, and, like, granted, they're holding rifles to civilians or whatever, but it's just, like, he shoots them and he's like, were those tranquilizer darts? Those no. were gunshots. Yeah. He killed them all. And the thing with the tank, I always remember the tank because the tank is the famous one, right? That's the, the one that everybody talks about where he just like blows up the whole tank and it's like framed as very cool. But it's like, if Batman did that, people would lose their fucking minds. I mean, Batman does do that in Batman vs. Superman, right? Yeah, I mean, there's... Like I said, I think Man of Steel changed the game when it comes to this. I, I, I think like, I think we could just, we could have a longer discussion about that, right? Like like I, th I think yeah. Like I don't think like not killing people is as core to 
Tony as it is to kind of the, the, the DC heroes we're talking about. Also, like, so if, if I wanted to make a real case for this, it's that, like, you know, Superman agonizes over killing Zod, right, in a way that kind of, like, mm-hmm. clashes with, like, the, the way, you know, uh, the, the kind of, like, carelessness about the civil or not carelessness, but, like, the perceived kind of, like, lack of care about the civilians. Um, which is, I think, that... Yeah, no, I, I get that. Like, you know... I mean, that whole Batmobile chase, which I love, obviously, right? But there's a bunch of people who died in that. And so it's a little weird that, like, Superman and Batman, who are hypothetically, you know, like, pretty pretty similar, are, are like, engaging with it in that sort of different way. Uh, I also just think that, I don't know, there's, like, a weird... I don't know. I, I don't think that this has a real rhyme or reason, but there's, like, a weird... The Marvel heroes get to do it... For and the DC heroes don't, because I feel like it also happens in Captain America. It also happens in Thor. I'm pretty sure, and it's just like they get they get to get away with it in in a way, probably because it is like not a dark, serious, you know. So, so that, like that's the fun and games part of Iron Man. Like he's running around with his new toys and he's showing off all of his like cool stuff. It is framed as cool. It is not framed as like brooding or you know like talking about like the morality of it all yeah i I think i think the weirdness here is that like there's a difference between like acts of war and acts of policing essentially right and like the marvel ones tend to be more acts of war which like you know killing people is more acceptable in kind of that context whereas like um like i think you can make a pretty good case that like it's not it's like that that you could apply that frame to um to batman versus superman but like um, because Batman is essentially a police character, right? Like you, he gets yeah. held to a different standard. It, I, I think. I, I think that's. I think that's very fair. Like for instance, so in Batman vs Superman, the car chase happens with these arms dealers, right? Who are like smuggling in, whatever. Um, uh, but the but like imagine those guys are like drug dealers, and all of a sudden it like plays a lot differently. Yeah, obviously, or like thieves, right? You know, if Batman is like whatever to these common thieves it's it just plays in a much different kind of territory than these like hardcore pmc mercenaries that you have seen like gunning down civilians in west africa yeah yeah no and and i, th- I think maybe that's also kind of why it rings a little bit weird right because like i'm thinking like the inverse of this right like imagine batman like out in afghanistan fighting terrorists it's like that just like feels <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's fair yep um, i get that yeah <laughs> yeah Tony I also think that we just like in general take liberties this also happens in the Marvel movies we just like take liberties with like I hate it I hate it so much there was a video that was going around a while ago that was about Batman like Arkham Knight Arkham whatever like one of the video oh, games oh right? he's got tasers on the cars the, right like yeah just like showing the different ways that like Batman can like beat up guys and it will and it, it was like Batman punches a dude in the face and then it's like he's concussed and he you know he probably has brain damage and all this it's just like get out of here with that shit right like nobody nobody cares you hit him hard in the head and he falls down he's alive it's fine nobody wants to think about like oh well actually that would have severed his like seventh and sixth cortical vertebrae <laughs> and he's paralyzed for life now yeah i mean so I think I think the punch ones are are I think I definitely I'm definitely with you on that like you know like let you know let believe what the movie tells you um or the game I guess at this point I think it gets a little bit worse when like it's like and then you hit the criminal with the batmobile and uh he's not dead because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know 
That's fair. I get that for sure. Yeah. Um. So that I. Yeah. But yeah. No. I. I, I definitely. I definitely. Uh. I, I agree with your your general thrust there, though. I have a feeling that this is going to come back a lot because obviously it becomes like a bigger. It becomes like a bigger deal as we progress forward in time. Um. But. Uh, you know, yeah, you could definitely see that there is a a certain context in which they're willing to deal with civilians in uh, in these in these early movies that changes over time. Yeah, I mean, and we do get the callback, right? Like this is this is the inciting incident behind the you know, or like not this in particular, but these these types of things build up to the um, the Civil War kind of plot, right? Like the the Sokovia Accords or whatever it is. Um, and you know, which is kind. Of- it is funny in Iron Man two seeing him on the opposite end of that, like accountability thing right. you know like when he's in the defense department uh hearing which i kind of remembered but i didn't quite remember as accurately because it actually makes more retroactively it sort of makes civil war make more sense for me because tony goes through and a character arc where at first he is blasé about this stuff and then he gets faced with the reality of like no actually you're not the smartest guy in the room there are people who can also create miniature arc reactor technology and do bad shit with it right uh and he does accept that sort of like level of accountability with like it's not like he it's not like he forces roadie to give back the war machine right like yeah 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 i mean it's heavily implied that he allowed roadie to take i mean it's it's almost flat out said right like you know like there there should be redundancy there are redundancies that keep that from happening and so like um at least my interpretation of that was like tony thinks he's going to die and so he like gives roadie the war machine so that there can somebody else can somebody that he trusts can have it can have it without uh uh with, without you know uh, without him having to like swallow his pride I guess which is I do want to say that I forgot how sweet the Iron Man versus Rhodey fight scene was just on the music alone because he has like the DJ in the background yeah. uh and I like want that song like that song was really sweet like what a great like song to send a fight scene to I mean it's, I think it's the, Robot the music Rock in the by, uh, by Daft Punk which like I put I think it's it's Robot Rock it popped out to me because it's like you know it's you know it's it's two robots fighting each oh other God, right? right like yeah. yeah 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 I didn't even think about that but you're super right um Wow, that's fucking sweet. But yeah, I remember thinking I was like, oh, like this is a good musical moment. I also liked a lot of the music in Iron Man One with like the electric guitar. Um, I think that there is a lot underpinning the music in that that's great, and it is not brought forward into the rest. I think the music in the MCU typically sucks and is not good, uh, except for maybe like the Avengers theme is is fine. I guess yeah. um, it's kind of generic, but like you know. Yeah, and, and I do like the way that the ACDC songs create a sort of leitmotif for uh, for Iron Man, which I do believe comes back, because I'm pretty sure in Avengers he is introduced with an ACDC song, right? Um, or I maybe don't maybe just a, a metal a, a metally song of some of some variety. Uh, it's shoot to thrill. It so it's back in black in Iron Man one, and then it's shoot to thrill in Iron Man two. Um, and I just think that that's, I just think that like, that's sort of sweet and I wish there was more of it or a better version of it. Um, yeah, this is also bad in, this is bad in a lot of these sorts of movies, right? Like it was bad in justice league. It really bothered me in justice league. Cause the, it was 
the the journey from Man of Steel to BVS carried forward a lot of the music from like a lot of the music from Man of Steel gets brought forward into BVS and that there's a lot of interesting musical stuff going on inside of BVS and it would have been nice to see that continue into you know into Justice League. There's a bit of that with Wonder Woman's theme, right? Like w Wonder Woman's theme gets expanded upon in her solo movie. Um, and there's just like more complex stuff kind of like going on underneath the surface, but I just feel like music is is a is a weak point among all of the Marvel movies except for Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, no, that's good. That's a good point. Guardians of the Galaxy is like really knocks it out of the park, um, but like that also speaks to like, um, you know, the we were talking about this briefly while we were playing Star Wars yesterday. You know, the the best Marvel moments <laughs> are, are the uh, kind of like licensed music moments. Um, which is that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I you know, I, I also want to take a second to talk about the camera work a little bit because I think of Marvel as having a very drab color palette, right? The the and and I don't love the camera work in a lot of in a lot of their movies. And I was surprised in Iron Man 1 and in The Incredible Hulk specifically where I was like, "Wow, like this is some legitimately really good cinematography right like part of it is the fight scene stuff right like i love the first fight with the hulk in uh so there's the first fight with the hulk in the factory which is like essentially shot like a horror movie right like you never really see the hulk you know kind of like dead on you get like his silhouette or whatever and i think that that that's super cool that's super clever obviously and then it transitions like it would when the fight is at the college you get the wider shots it's shot more like an action movie sort of thing um uh, and then, uh, and then the same thing is replicated for the abomination and the abominations, like kind of creation scene that's shot like a horror movie in the exact same way. Like the first scene is, I was like, this is like, this is good shit. Like, look at, look at these guys, you know, go like the colors are good though. The Hulk is not quite green enough for me. Um, and I, I don't know. I just wanted to be a deeper, a deeper green. I also, I also hate the moment where he looks at the stretchy purple pants and says, no, I want purple pants on my Hulk. God damn it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, though overall I like the Hulk design uh, people people got really mad about that design but I've always thought that that was a good design so, so what I will say um, is that like in the transfer to Mark Ruffalo I think like Hulk looking vaguely like Banner is much better with Ruffalo than it is with Norton like like that is true like Nor like th that Hulk looks nothing like Edward Norton at least not not to my to my eye uh, the thing I like about that Hulk is he's super chiseled I th there there are versions of the Hulk that look like they i feel the hulk should not have any fat on his body you know what i mean he should just be raw just like super cut muscle and the and the, the incredible hulk version really nails that also i think the avengers one basically gets basically gets there uh but i feel like over time the hulk sort of loses that and he looks a little more soft like avengers endgame is really sort of sticking out for me on this uh which i dislike i want i want hulk to be like I don't know. Maybe I just want want. I I just like that look where it's like he's like muscles are like ropey, you mm. know. Um, I think that that that's sweet. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I I don't know if I have strong Hulk opinions on how I think the Hulk should look. Um, <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Okay, uh, so we're coming up on time. Where do you want to? I, I get so here's so here's where I was at before. I had Iron Man at two stars, Hulk and Iron Man two both at four stars. I think on recollection, the only real change I want to make is uh, the Incredible Hulk. I would probably drop to three stars. Ultimately, 
I remembered this movie better than it was, um, but I was not super thrilled over the over the course of it. I also sort of want to do the same thing for Iron Man Two, even though I like that movie a lot and I think that it's more complex, complex like on a character level and on a and on like a on a theme level. Um, I did find myself like kind of sort of bored in a little bit, but I'm gonna leave it at. In my head, it is a low for four stars. Um, Iron Man 2, I, wa- I feel like I should bump it, and I want to bump it, but I know that I'm lying to myself if I say that I don't dislike this movie, because I kind of do. Um, it is, it's, it's like fun, and it's like watchable, but like when I think about it, it sort of like frustrates me. And the only stuff that I remember of that movie is the stuff that frustrates me. So that's sort of where I come down on these three when it comes to the the phase one MCU, which by the way is not a mark on quality. I'm talking purely about. And, and this is uh, this is a five point scale. Yeah, this is five stars. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna say that like Iron Man one, I would have remembered as like five ish stars. Um, I would probably say it's closer to four, just because like there's some f- flaws there. Like like Obadiah Stone is just like so nothing um, to me. Like it, it doesn't seem super great and i like i really dislike like in terms of what i want is kind of like the mirror darkly kind of like you're you know you're defeated by the thing that makes you special obadiah stone is not um like he like the ice thing just like kind of doesn't matter and that really sucks for me um and you know that seems like a lot to kind of like hang a whole point on but like i i'm consistently of the belief that if you don't stick the landing it kind of like screws up the rest of the, the movie um so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say like four for that hulk and like Iron Man two, like I don't, I don't remember how I felt about it. Like the fact that I didn't have strong feelings about it probably indicates to me that like I didn't care so much. Um, and so I'm gonna say that like that's probably like a two or a three for me, just because like I don't like. I thought the the Mickey Rourke stuff was like really. Well. I'll I'll go with a three, right? Just because like I I felt like that final that final fight scene was just kind of like whatever. Um, and then Hulk Hulk, I just. I don't know. I, I it didn't really connect with me a lot, um, uh, and I just uh, I'm probably I'm probably gonna leave it at like a, a two ish, right? Like, um, yeah, I, that, that, that's gotta be where I leave it. But yeah, that uh, okay, fair enough. I mean, I guess the, I think the original question was about like the power rankings. So power rankings as of now for me are uh, Iron Man one, Hulk, Iron Man two, or no, no, Iron Man, Iron Man okay. one, Iron the, Man oh, two. Oh, that's Hulk, interesting. Rather, yeah. I guess my power rankings are Iron Man 2, Hulk, Iron Man 1, in terms of preference. But I don't know that it goes that way in terms of quality. Okay. Uh, I might... I think I think maybe Hulk is the least good... I don't know. The Hulk is... I really love the plot of Hulk. And, and, and it's funny that I feel like it's inconsequential and less important than the plot of Iron Man 1. But I do sort of feel like that's true. Yeah, because, like, we don't really get, like, a real Hulk movie until, I guess, what, Ragnarok? Uh, is the close is the closest thing to like a a, a, a hulky movie, right? Like he's otherwise he's just he's always just kind of like a, a secondary character at best in somebody else's plot. Yeah. Okay. So what did I say? Iron Man two, uh, Hulk, and Iron Man are the, so I'm I'm gonna keep track of this in my notes so that when we come back next week I will slot in our next week movies in this and we'll build our power yes. rankings over time okay very cool uh next week we'll be doing the back half of phase one so that's cap one thor one avengers yes right? um and then we and then we'll go into phase two from there good i'm very excited i love thor one but i have not seen it in a long time and i really really despise i i talk shit about cap one constantly 
Uh, and it is one star on my letterbox, and I'm interested to see if I think it's any better. Uh, so, it, so if you just kind of like from a 10,000 foot view, um, Thor was worse than I remembered it, or at least, and Cap was better than I remembered it. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, all right, but we'll move into, I guess, the back half. Buddy, how is, uh, how's your week been? I want you to guess what I have been doing with my week. It's been playing what WoW. Playing. It's been playing World of Warcraft. I've gotten, since the pre-patch launched two weeks ago, almost to the day, tomorrow is two weeks, I have gotten three characters from zero to max level. Nice. Because <laughs> I just like, it's so fun to level now. Like, I, I, I talk about this, I, I, I talked about this all, I talked about this all last week, um, it's just so easy for me to, to sort of just be, like, leveling on one screen and, like, watching something on the other screen. Uh, I finished off New Girl, which I talked about last week, and I have to say the ending sort of sucks. They did, um, I don't know why, sitcoms have done this more recently. Uh, Parks and Rec did this, and New Girl also does this, where the final season has, like, this weird time jump in it. And I'm just like, who the fuck thinks this is a good idea? Um... But the but mercifully the final season of New Girls is only eight episodes, so I did not have to deal with that. Uh, I did not have to deal with that for long. The thing that sucked about it is that like for a long time that show was about a bunch of twenty somethings and eh, thirty somethings who just like didn't have their lives together. Um, and for some reason, I did not find it super endearing when they time jumped into a version of things where they do have their lives together. I don't know if that felt cheap or. I I don't know. I just like I hated it. I thought that that was I thought that that was bad, which sucks because I really love that show, and I think it's really good and really fun. Um, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. What 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 have you been up to? Tell me about your things. So, um, games wise, I played some more Hades because that game is just fucking great. Um, uh, How many hours are you in, at Hades right mm-hmm. now? Sorry. How many hours in Hades? I think are you at I'm right now? closing in on seventy. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? I played a little bit of Crusader Kings 3, but, uh, the other thing I played is I spent a little bit of time with a game called The Choreographist. Have you, have you heard of it? Oh, did you play? I, I have heard of it. Yes. This is the cool thing I was talking about last week. Okay, cool. So just for context for people, The Choreographist is a prototype that Aquapara Games made, my, my company, right? You know, we have people on, on, on staff. We obviously have like artists and designers and stuff like that. Uh, this was headed by Danny from Pupa, who is the the lead designer. He was like the guy who designed the Metronomicon, and um, and at first he like wanted to make a sequel, but then he wanted to I don't know I, I don't know the details behind it or whatever. But he created a, he created this rhythm game. We created a vertical slice, pitched it around to people, but ultimately we were just kind of like you know what I don't think that there's enough in this project where we're not going to bring it any forward. Normally this stuff dies, right? Um, you know. Anybody in game dev can tell you about like the games. I have games under my belt that are the unreleased, you know, the unreleased games that I worked on. Um, and so it's very cool because we released it in its vertical slice, very janky state on itch.io for free or for pay what you want, technically. Um, so, so yeah, what did you, what did you think? So you think I will, I will say first off that the Metronomicon lineage is very apparent. Like I, like I, <laughs> um, which is not a bad thing, you know. Just like you know, it's very clear that's where it came from. Um, uh, so I didn't play a ton of it, right? I, I played it actually um, uh, for like an hour in between, like 
between when I got home from work and when we started playing or when we started casting, right? Like not like that entire time, but I took an hour in there and fooled around with it. Um, I like rhythm action games. I find like trying to coordinate the two pads to be like super, like just hard to get my, my mind around and be, oh, yeah, really? because it's not in the four direction thing I'm used to. I, um, I like couldn't, I, I, I had trouble like just like mapping the things in my head. Right. Um, which I'm sure I would get with time. Like I'd be able to figure out like, like how to, how to like get those muscle reflexes down. Um, also I think, I think part of this is just like, you know, it's very clearly a prototype. Um, and so I'm not gonna hold it too far against it, but like, I did not have a good kind of, uh, uh, understanding of like how the mechanics were supposed to work. Right. Like I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong to get like the character swap to work. Half the time I would like hit something. You can only swap on the trigger notes. Like when you do the when they do the thing and they they have like the, the moves. You know yeah. What I mean? So so you can swap there if you want if you don't want to use one of right. those. Oh, it's just a swap. I thought you swapped. I thought you could swap and it pulled the move out. Like like so. Part of this too is that like the description are for PlayStation controller and I have an Xbox controller, so like the 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 keep mm-hmm. hits aren't there, but like. Is like hit R one to swap out and and do the move instead of just do the move like from the bench and I couldn't quite get that to to, to, to trigger right. Yeah. So 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 what happened? These are called trigger notes, which are like you get to the end of a phrase or whatever, and then the trigger note happens where there's the the thing that pops up on screen and then the the little dials go out and then back in. Right. You can you can hit the big moves and the big moves do whatever they do right you know. There's the one where she brings all the daggers in. There's the one with the um, the missiles, uh, like the bear and then there's the roar, the roar and the then missiles, there's the, the healing yeah. stone. I- instead of those, you can hit R one and you hard swap characters. So if you don't want, so it's kind of you're giving up power, right? right. Because like you want to use these big powerful moves, but you also want to keep your guys alive. Um, I was streaming the I was streaming the choreographers for Buddy Gets Good last week, and that was like a, a core thing, right? Like when I was getting into the higher levels, I was like taking tons of damage. Um, but you get there's two types of damage. It's like scuff, which can be healed back if they are dropped out. And then there's, like, real HP, like, wound damage or whatever. The, the idea behind the choreographers is that it is a fighting game mixed with, a, with a, uh, a rhythm game. In the same way that the Metronomicon is an RPG mixed with a rhythm game. Um, so that version of things where, like, you take a bunch of damage, but you swap out of the fight and then swap in with the other person uh, and, and heal it back up comes from, like, the fighting game lineage. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like it also, like... Feels like it's halfway between a uh, fighting game and like a beat 'em up, which they, they already have like a super hardcore shirt lineage, right? Like Final Fight and Street Fighter or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, Did you play story mode at a all? A little bit, yeah. Um, okay, because I also think a bunch of. The, the, another thing that you can do is you can swap at any time with orbs, but you only unlock orbs in story mode, which I did not do. Like, it's not active in free play unless you. Yeah, no, and I was playing a little bit in in this in in the story mode. I just kind of like, I feel like I should go into free play and like, you know, try and just like get the mechanics down, right? Like lav it, I guess. Which is funny because like laving a rhythm game is, is a weird thing to think about, but it makes sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's it's it is a super neat concept, um, and uh, you know, uh, it, I'm glad that I get to at least like fool around with it because it's, it's 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 neat. Um, so thank you guys for that, for, for putting that out. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it was, we, we were kind of faced with this question, like, what do we do? Do we just like, 
get get rid of it and it was danny who really championed it he was like like i want to put stuff out there also because like you know like there are artists who work on this game uh you know and people want to like add it to their portfolio or stuff like that you know you don't want to hose these people by saying like ah. Oh, we're going to put it in the vault forever sort of thing. So I also think it's super cool that you can add custom songs to it. I don't know like what the mechanic for that is. I have no idea what that functionality is like. I just saw it when it was not there. I played a bunch of the prototypes um, because because I'm good at rhythm games. I was playing a lot at like hard um, and I feel like I was uh, I was like testing sort of like the harder the harder versions of the choreographers for them or whatever. And um, the interesting thing was seeing some of the stuff that got brought over that i had never even like you know this is this is stuff that danny didn't do on the dime he was just like you know what if we're gonna spruce it up a little bit for release i want to give it some real kind of like heft so i think he added that functionality yeah no so like so i I was before i saw that i was thinking that like that's like a potential way for it to like have a little bit more life right like is like rhythm action games tend to kind of um get extended life through hacked in uh uh yeah, uh, yeah, you know, custom maps, right? Like Beat Saber has a lot of this, um, which I played a lot of. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about, which I had forgotten about. Um, I played another rhythm action action game. I have. Uh, let me. Uh, you can you can see it. Uh, I have uh, a quest two, fresh from the Facebook. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, uh, Mark Mark Zuckerberg himself. Gave it a little smooch as it, as it left yeah. the door. Maybe. I mean, there's some controversy around this that might be worth talking about, which is like you have. Oh, really? I have no. I have no insight into VR so stuff because the... we we don't do VR stuff. You know, like any people pictures VR stuff all the time, but we hard pass on all of it because we're just like we're not a VR studio. We don't want to be known as a VR studio. I feel like you need to kind of specialize if you want to do VR, uh, and it's just not something we've ever been interested in. Yeah. Um... Uh, so the controversy here isn't about like the VR aspect of it because it's it's great as a VR device, okay. right? Like you know, you it, it it works super well, but you have to sign into Facebook to uh, in order to use it. Um, and if your Facebook account gets banned, you lose access. You can't even like use the thing. So, the, wow. I mean, I don't know that I want my Facebook account linked to my like. I, I that that is a weird yeah. thing to me, and like. I, or I guess I, maybe it's not a weird thing. I'm, I'm logged into my Facebook account on my phone. Is it like that? Or? Well, it's 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 also like how you buy things, right? Like it's like it's like a Steam account almost, but it's tied to your. But it's, it is your Facebook. Um, and like the the thing that's like really troubling is kind of like this idea that like if you know you get on trouble on Facebook for some reason. Um, and some of the examples of this that I think are like mostly innocent are things like you know, um, you know somebody people made fake Facebook accounts so they wouldn't have to like be really involved in the Facebook infrastructure. And then they got those accounts banned and they can't use their headset because of that. Um, That's true. Well, Facebook is really, is really hardcore about that. Yeah. Now. Like we can't, we tried to do this when, uh, when we were working on one of our games, we tried to create a, you know, in the way that I can create a Twitter account for Akupar yeah. games, for instance, right. I was trying to create a Facebook account for an adjoining game and you can't you have to be a real person they make you take a picture of your face and if it matches up because what they did was i made that person i took a picture of my face and it was like sorry you're already on facebook buddy you can't trick me i'm the algorithm and i was like uh okay (laughs) 
fuck. All right, I guess. Yeah, you're weird about that, like, um, like, like I so occasionally I'll enter like sweepstakes randomly. It's like a thing I do when I'm like on my lunch break. Um, and like you know, Facebook's a big vector for that. But I I am unwilling to kind of like put like a you know sweepstakes entries on my Facebook page. So I went like went to make like a fake account for that, and they you know same thing wouldn't let me. Um, so you know, so I guess I just don't enter contests on Facebook then. Weird because you could like. I've thought about doing that for Twitter because so many places are like, oh, give it a like, give it a follow, give it a retweet. And it's like I don't want to retweet my whole fucking timeline. Yeah. With like all this giveaway bullshit, right? Like, yeah, no, get a get a dedicated Twitter. You can do it for Twitter. You can do it for Instagram, which you know, Finstas are fairly famous, right? And like, and yeah, you know, that's a Facebook thing, right? So you know, weirdness there. But anyway, it is certainly to get weird. back. To, Tell me about the Oculus. So, um, the big thing that I've done with this so far is uh, I'm waiting for uh, this is I probably probably shouldn't say this live on air because there are mods for um, certain games. For this that I might be looking into, and they might be rhythm action games that I've talked about previously. But a rhythm action game that I'm not going to mod that I've played on this is uh, is Pistol Whip. Um, and Pistol Whip, the the idea is basically it's like, what if we tried to simulate kind of the John Wick experience, um, which is super cool. Like there's music playing in the background, and you get like bonuses for shooting on the beat, and you're just kind of like bang, 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 bang and it works pretty well it's not as feature-rich as i would like right like you have a pistol and that's it um uh and you can dual wield pistols too There's, it's like just like a checkable option it doesn't really matter so much um but uh it's it's super interesting i need to dive dig into it a little bit more but it is it is a lot of fun um it it works uh it works well with the aim assist turned on you can like get bonus points by turning off aim assist and like it's called dead aim and you have to like be super accurate with it um, and that's neat for its own thing, but like it is just like too hard to do at least kind of like casually, right? Like I much prefer kind of like the whip your arms around and like do like kind of John Wick style shots where you know that's supposed to be the skill of the agent, where you know this is like, um, whereas like it, you you honestly have to aim it right. Like I I have um, in the past done some pistol shooting. I'm not like the greatest shot, but like you have to kind of like aim like that in order to get consistent hits with the deadly aim or with the with the dead eye on. Um, but uh, it's still it's, it's a lot of fun. It's got some like neat features where like essentially you, you instead of having to like like uh, I I have um, I have sitting around I have a, 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 a the old like rift right like this is one of the pylons you don't need that anymore you just kind of put it on your head and you draw it on the floor and you draw like with like your um, with your hand you could draw a play area on the floor um, if you step outside of it the there are cameras on the outside of this thing um, that like show in black and white. And so you can kind of walk around with it on your head. It's 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 a really cool product. Um, again, how much is uh, it? I think this is a sixty-four gig version. It was three hundred bucks. Um, uh, wow, that's actually cheaper than I would yeah, expect. Yeah, and it's it's also it's wireless, right? It's like it's completely self-contained. Um, it runs on a modified version of Android. Um, you can also hook it up to your computer. I hear to like run stuff off the desktop, things that need a little bit more juice. Um, I haven't tried it with this. I know it works very well with the Oculus Quest. This is the Quest 2. I need to I need to explore that at some point since I, you know, I have Beat Saber on my computer. And I think it interfaces with, with Steam VR. So you, you get the whole library. This, this is kind of like why I was super interested in this headset is because it works well on its own. And if you want the extra power, you can hook it into your gaming rig. Um, so that's like the affirmative sales pitch. The negative sales pitch is, of course, those things are brought up about um, signing into Facebook. That's probably why this is so cheap because you have to sign into Facebook. Right, and so they can, you know, 
harvest your data. Even if you're using your computer? Uh, well, so if you're using your... Like, even if I'm using it in desktop mode? Um, so I, have, I, I, I can't speak to that since I haven't done it yet. But, like, if you hook it into your... Like, you, if you hook it into your computer, I think you can bypass that. But, like, if you want to use anything Oculus... Like, if you want to use anything Oculus-affiliated... I think you have to sign into your Facebook, right? Like your my my Rift, I signed in at two at one point, and that's also like it, you can't have a separate Rift account. You need an Oculus or you need a Facebook account um, anymore. Okay. So, uh, um, if you want to use it as a just a Steam VR headset, you can probably or you know you might not even be able to set up the device without it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't speak to that directly. Um, and so I don't. I'll maybe use some experimentation. At some point, and maybe maybe it can come back with a better answer, but I can't get I, I can't give it an authoritative authoritative answer on that. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is uh, well, uh, so uh, there's actually another piece of news, which is that the new Hearthstone announcement happened, which was honestly pretty gigantic, especially for an end of year. Like normally at this point of the year, they just announce the expansion and move on. But this one, they announced a new game mode. Um, they announced uh, a bunch of new sort of, like, features and a revamp of, like, the, the quest and, like, progression system. It now looks a lot more like a battle pass in a way, where or, like, a season pass or whatever, where, like, you are... Earned, instead of doing quests daily for gold, you are getting gold at milestones in the thing, and completing quests gives you experience or whatever through that, you know, just, like, through, through playing. Um... Which includes stuff like hero skins, that that extra sort of stuff. Uh, they also announced that the next expansion is Madness at the Dark Moon Fair, which is an old gods themed expansion around the Dark Moon Fair. Which is honestly kind of funny because like this is a big thing in like Warcraft, like WoW lore communities. Everybody is like, oh, the Dark Moon Fair is like secretly old gods, like whoa, spooky carnival sort of thing. And Hearthstone is like. Yep, that's yep, that's exactly it. Here's a new version of all of the old gods. Here's an Azoth and Yashiraj, and you know, there's a new Yog Saran and all this other sort of stuff. Um, but I haven't been too deep into it because I haven't played Hearthstone. I think since September. When uh, do you remember when I told you that I went on like a huge losing streak yeah. and I stopped playing Hearthstone? It just like cold turkey to Hearthstone because I got so I got so mad. I have yet to go back, uh, especially because I'm just playing all this like all this WoW at the time. Uh, but the other thing that I wanted to talk about was The Wire. I've been watching The Wire again. Uh, have you ever seen it? I have it? not, but that sounds like a thing, you know, uh, I know, I know. And you know, I, apparently... How? Uh, apparently somebody uh, somebody we both maybe know um, uh, walked into uh, the liquor store near campus and saw one of the actresses and was very impressed by it. I don't know. I, um, since we went to school in Baltimore... Um, is it is, is it secret where we went to school? Uh, no, it's yeah. not secret where we went to school. Yeah. I think people know that we went to school in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I feel like the wire is like I like specifically for that. Like if you know if we went to school in if we went to Rutgers, right? I probably wouldn't be saying the same thing. If we went to Rutgers, maybe we should watch The Sopranos. Yeah, I mean, we both, we <laughs> no, both grew up in northern New Jersey, Jersey, right? Like, That's yeah, true. Yeah, we, we just need to... I have, I have watched three seasons of The Sopranos. I just never got around. Yeah, I, I need yeah. I need to watch. So my, my parents love The Sopranos because they're... Uh, it's like all places where they grew up, right? So... Uh, that that has happened to me because obviously they're based sort of in Newark. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know Patterson very well, but I knew Newark very well. So there are times where they, like, take these meetings. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. 
<laughs> and the same thing, by the way, happens in uh, in the wire all the time because there's yeah because there's I don't like the, it it jumps around season by season because each of the seasons sort of focuses on a different sort of like piece of the puzzle or whatever. Um, so like season one is West Baltimore, season two is the the port. It's like I don't fucking know the port or whatever. Um, but uh, but there are some there are some spots where I'm like that is like next door from Johns Hopkins. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, The Wire is good. I don't know. That, that's it. That was that was my other thing. It's that I was watching The Wire and I was I I watched one episode. I don't even remember why. I just put it on and then I went to watch one of the Marvel movies. I guess it was Iron Man one because this was over the weekend and so I watched. Iron Man 1, I watched maybe, like, the first 30 minutes, and I was like, man, this sucks. I'm going to go back to The Wire. <laughs> and I did. And I ended up watching, like, all of The Wire in, like, two days. And by all of it, I mean the first season in, like, a week. But whatever. Um, uh, I forget how good that show is sometimes. Like, I, the, one of the things that got me about The Sopranos, and I think both The Wire and The Sopranos do this, where they sort of, um, you know, they, they, like, pull back the veil on this sort of, like, secret, taboo piece of the culture, right? Like, on one end, it's sort of drug dealers. On the other end, it's sort of, um, uh, like, mafia stuff or whatever. And I was interested in going to The Wire because I had just seen Narcos. I had just watched Narcos. And I was like, you know what, like, I wonder what, like, the first, like, drug dealers show is like or whatever. And I was actually really surprised by, like, how compelling I, 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 I found it. Even though I, I feel like it is sort of the proto version of what like breaking bad and better call Saul and, and narcos would all kind of like continue on in this vein um though it's obviously much more concerned with kind of like the, the like the boots on the boots on the ground if that makes yeah. sense right like in breaking bad you get little glimpses into sort of like the daily activity of a drug dealer but for the most part it's worried about like high level supply and a lot of this stuff is taken you know like we never see the specifics of Gustavo Fring's operation. We just understand that he has this, you know, network throughout right. Albuquerque and uh, uh, and New Mexico. Whereas in the Wire, Avon Barksdale's operation, you know his muscle, you know his distribution. You see the people on the very bottom rungs, right? You see the lieutenants. You get a very good picture of kind of like all of that. But the thing that I find most compelling about it is that does that thing that other shows will take for granted which is like a cop sees a crime happen and then it like cuts to them in court or whatever but like the wire takes it really slow and there's a lot of drama in like well we have someone who admits on the record that there's this drug stuff going on but then they lie on the stand or they say whatever or they get you know uh, they get killed between them talking to the police and a court date or whatever. And all of that stuff, I feel like, is like, it's so fertile and it's so cool. Um, and I just wish that, I just, I, I don't know. It, it is a one-of-a-kind, it is like a one-of-a-kind show. And if I, and, and it has some of the greatest, like, little moments in television, specifically between McNulty and Bunk, who are two of, like, the, the protagonist characters, right? They have these interactions, like, at, in a bar or whatever that are just, like, all-time hilarious, right? Um, and I won't spoil any of this for you because we should watch it. We should do a podcast episode on this. We'll, we should come back to this yeah. in, in, a real, in a real sense, like we did Better Call Saul, maybe. 
Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Um, so this is only vaguely related, but I, I do kind of, I, this is something I, I want to ask is, because um, I've, I've gotten mixed um, responses from people that, other people that we went to college with, is, is how much did you like living in Baltimore and would you live there again if the opportunity made, made itself, like, or like if there was like a... I would live there, I like living in Baltimore just fine. I would live there again pretty easily. I, I, I'm a little bit different. I know a lot of people who say those sorts of things, uh, but, like, because I grew up... Like, I, the, the town I grew up in is next to Newark, right? right? Um, and uh, and I also spent some time, right, like, in, in Tokyo. So, like, I feel very at home. I mean, I live in south-central L.A. right now, right? Like, I feel very at home in these... Uh, uh, like cities, uh, but I never. I, but I know a lot of people who weren't as comfortable because they came from, you know, if if I come from a from a rural town in Pennsylvania, right? Uh, I know a lot of people had a really tough time, kind of like transitioning into Baltimore from that, which is yeah. No, so it's it's, it's weird because like I I did not like Baltimore so much. Um, I probably wouldn't go back there unless like there was like a. You know, like it, it's not so bad that like if you know someone was like take two million dollars and go move to Baltimore, I you know I'd, I'd still go to I'd, you know I'd go to Baltimore or whatever. Um, but like I didn't feel that way about like other cities, right? Like San Francisco was good. I think I'd go live in New York at some point. So something that was weird to me, kind of like coming up, is that like because my basis for cities was New York, specifically Manhattan, because that's the easiest one to get to from the Jersey side. Like every other city I've been to has just kind of been like, well, this is like. Not so great. And, like, there are cities that do compare, obviously, right? Like, Seoul, I've been to, compares. Um, but, like, just, like, Manhattan being, like, that th- this kind of, like, island of towering – or, you know, I- I- island of uh, skyscrapers, like, set my expectation for cities and, like, Baltimore didn't live up. Um, and, like, San Francisco is – didn't li- – like, it's, it's very different. It has its own kind of charm to it, but didn't live up. Um Kind of even Boston didn't live up. It's 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 weird. Kind of having New York City be your uh, be your formative city. At least at least. It's, 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 it's... See what I I think I think what's interesting there is I more I would have agreed with you maybe if I didn't live in Maplewood. Maybe if I still lived in Morristown, I think okay. I would have agreed. But because I lived in Maplewood and I was so close to Newark, I like Newark almost was kind of my benchmark. Like honestly, I didn't spend that much time in the city. I mean like. Every, every, my dad worked in the city. Everyone's parents worked in the city. We all went into the city all the time. It was only half an hour. I, I train, still think but, Newark has a lot um, of that kind of like uh, sky. Like it feels, it doesn't feel as, as big as New York, but it, it still has a lot of that skyscraper stuff, right? Like I don't know I spent, I have spent a fair amount of time in in Newark. Um, maybe not kind of like maybe it was almost, almost always kind of like special eventy stuff for me. So maybe that's like mm-hmm. the difference. But like my my vision of Newark is coming in and like coming in off that exit by what's now the Audible Building. And, like, that's, like, a really built-up area. So, so, so maybe, again, it's just kind of, like, my, my specific experience with it. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, when I think of Newark, I think of, like, the Ironbound District. Okay, that's um, fair. I think of, like, Portuguese, like, churrascarias, right? Like, yeah. I, no, I wait, wait, I, I, I got to know. Do you have a favorite churrascaria? In, in, in the... uh, yeah, so, oh, f- I, it's, I think it's just Iberia. Or like, okay, Iberia. Like, Iberia. I'm familiar with Iberia. Iberia yeah, yeah. Peninsula. My, my personal... Yeah. We, that was, like, a big, like fancy place for us to go to if we if we were if my grandparents were in town right and we wanted to go eat a fancy dinner we would go to iberia okay my my personal favorite is fernandez too i don't know if there's a fernandez one but it's like similar kind of kind of thing my dad discovered it i think like on like a client meeting at some point and he's like we we have to go like my dad is not one for like 
anything other than like Italian food, and like so he's like, <laughs> like you know, you know, Portuguese food is not that crazy, but like my dad's the type of guy who would like call it like ethnic food or something, right? So like he's like he was like, oh, we go, we gotta get here. Let's bring you meat, and they don't stop, right? Like it, it was. <laughs> Well, my so my real favorite, or like like the real favorite, and I don't even remember the name of it anymore because it was like a very hole in the wall place. It it had two locations, one in Newark and the other in Union, and we lived kind of near Union, so we would go to the Union place. But it was a tiny little hole in the wall where they had a huge, gigantic. It's like a huge rotisserie sort of thing, and they put ribs, and it was dry ribs. They, it's not like right, right. wet, like Memphis slather it in sauce ribs sort of thing. That would be my favorite, like, Portuguese, like, Tudasqueria kind of place. But, like, it's it's not quite the same because, like, you just – you buy the ribs. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're at the table there. You, like, you walk in, you walk out. It's functionally a takeout place. But that place was the shit. What, what's, what's, what's its name? I'm curious. I can't remember the name off the okay. top of my head. I would have to ask my All right. dad. You, you, uh, I mean, he lives – it's funny because, like, they moved from Maplewood to Newark. So he lives in Newark now. Um, but uh, no, you, you'll have to get that name but, to me at some uh, point because yeah. my, my dad does a lot of work in Union Union City, I assume, right? No, 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 Union Union. Union. Oh, okay, Union City is okay. North, is north of where? Okay, where okay, I'm okay. Talking about Union, Union is south. What is it? Union um, County is is that is that right? Or I don't know. My my, my geography is it's, not it's very... more by Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. It's like so. There's there's Newark, there's Elizabeth, and there's Union is kind of in, okay. On, it's, they kind of make. Oh, is it Union Township? So it's like southwest. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Think so. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I remember Union City. Because Union, I took my SATs in Union City, which is up by Jersey. Right. City, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the other thing is, uh, so I, I also feel like I've, I've lived in a lot of cities. So like, obviously, so I lived in Tokyo, but I also lived in Pittsburgh for a while. And so Pittsburgh, Baltimore, you know, like these, yeah. those Newark, these these cities are all kind of feel like peas in a pod to me. Where like they have a big, powerful kind of downtown area, but like. Most of it is like, you know, you're looking at three-story sorts of places. Honestly, a lot of L.A. looks like that as well, right? Like, when I look out my window, I don't see skyscrapers. Um, And, like, I could go to downtown. I mean, the thing about L.A. is that it's that, but for, like, hundreds of square miles. I was going to say, like, L.A. is weird in that, like, you know, at least my travels around L.A., like, you know, people I know who are, like, from L.A. that are, like, from Manhattan Beach are about as far out from, like, proper LA as like we were or as like I was from from New York City which is you know further than you than you were yeah. but like you know um no that is that is absolutely the weird thing and uh, and like and it's still city like it still feels like city to me and I interact with it in the way that I interact with the city um in the sense that like I walk across the street to the you know the Continental Gourmet this Argentinian grocery store if I need a gallon of milk or or whatever else it doesn't feel like a suburb where walking isn't as much of a thing though we walked a lot in maplewood i guess so that's maybe not super true um but even maplewood is like twenty three thousand people in six square miles that's got to be a city by population density yeah alone, no, even though we were all this, living in houses this is actually like uh we're, we're kind of like off off our, our usual ambit but like <laughs> new jersey geography with Mego and buddy i guess just to kind of like put, put the final thought out there right like it's like i lived in like very suburban suburbs in new jersey right like randolph is like you know morristown is kind of like that and like randolph is like you know even more kind of like along like the yeah like w- did you do any i walked everywhere because no one had car- like our parents had cars but our none of our parents were ever around they were all commuting into the city so they were gone from 6 a.m to 8 p.m you know 
Um, and so we never got rides anywhere. So it was always walking or taking the train. We would take the train, like I take the train to South South Orange, I take the train to Milburn or whatever. But if I want to go to Taco Bell with my friends, we're going to walk. If I want to, I walk to school. I, you know, if I want to go to Max's house, I'm going to take 20 minutes. I'm going to walk up the hill to Max's house or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, uh, we, which was very different than I think a lot of my other suburb friends where it was just like everybody got rides everywhere yeah, all the time. We, 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 at least some of us drove, right? And like, like uh, there was a park near my house that I could walk to because there was a trail. And whenever I walked, people would look at me like I had three heads. It's like, why did you, where did you, where did you come from, and how are you getting home, right? Like, uh, um, uh, but like up here in New England, at least, kind of like the the place I'm living in now. I, I this feels true for a lot of the places I drive through. Like, I guess because they're like older kind of towns. Like, there's a concentrated downtown area. Like, I could walk downtown to downtown uh, Newmarket where I am now. Um, and it's very walkable, like the grocery store or whatever. Um, but like, and like, it's, it's a lot denser and like it spreads out a little bit, like, but almost very quickly into like a farmland or like, well, at least what used to formerly be farmland. So it's interesting to kind of see like the difference, yeah. that, that difference there. Right. Cause like, like I probably couldn't get anywhere super far on foot, but like if I lived in either of the adjoining towns, I could j- jump on the Amtrak and get into Boston and like probably live without a car. It's just a interesting kind of difference. But, uh. Yeah, yep, we're, we're we're really far afield at this point. Uh, do you want to talk about anything <laughs> else before we wrap it up? No, I'm good. All right. Well, if you'd like to email us, t- tell us what you thought about the first phase of the MCU or New Jersey suburbs or anything else we talked about on this podcast, you can email <laughs> us at podcast at or uh, 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 yeah, podcast at cinderspleygames.com or cinderspleygames at gmail.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash cinderspleygames where we're live right now. Hey, thank you for joining us for the first live episode if you're here. Um, yeah, the first live episode ever. Uh, and uh, you could uh, get the recordings on SoundCloud. Um, this will make it easier easier for us to uh, export to YouTube as well, although not this episode because I have to go back and fix your audio since I screwed that up at the beginning. Um, but uh, if you are interested in any of that, uh, follow us and rate us and review us on iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, and, uh, do you have anything else you want to promote, buddy? Uh, oh shit I didn't talk about garden mode which I'm actually a little mad about um, remind me next week to talk about garden mode but this week I will be streaming but it gets good but it gets good the Halloween edition sort of since it's the 30th uh, Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific 2 p.m. Eastern uh, I think we're playing God viral so I'll be playing God viral we'll be going back uh, it's actually maybe the first or second time after early access it's been a while since the last episode of uh, of buddy gets good God gun viral uh, that's it. That's where I want to plug. Well, I so, so, I, so plug. Uh, I, I should probably do this every time. But where, where, where can people see that? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Akupara. All right. A K U P A R A. All right. Well, uh, everybody, go check that out. Um, but uh, with that, I'm going to say uh, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.